0: Welcome to the mother of all derbies.
1: Wunderbar, so to far Tor. And the treffer 10. Burgstalle 4-1. No, 2 nur Immer noch. Kali der hängt rein. 4-3. 4-4! Oh,
0: they've done it!
1: Steven Blau, Here's welcome America. Welcome to episode 167, post River Derby. I'm your host Richard Carmen. Joining me as always, co-host Jack Mangan. How are we doing, Jack?
0: Doing all right. Not a victory Monday podcast. Uh, we finally had one of those uh, last week, uh, but I think uh, given how we felt this game had the potential to go. Maybe not in in terrible spirits, all things considered,
1: yeah, uh, many prognostications were that uh, at least from the cousins was that is gonna be an ass whooping four um, nothing, five nothing, not so much, but close morally, one um, nothing, the final, um, not something you want we never you never like losing the derby, right, but it could have been a lot worse, considering the statistics. And really, the forms of the two teams,
0: I mean. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Dortmund, obviously, um, higher up the table at at the moment. Uh, Us, very much not so. Um, We we expected this to probably be not the most even affair. We've had some pretty lopsided ones with Dortmund over the past couple years, you know, prior to relegation and everything. Um, You really do have to go back probably to, you know, that, that second place season or, you know, whenever kind of around there to find some of our Better performance against them, so it's been a while for sure. Um, but I mean, overall for me, I'm just glad to have the derby back. It's nice to be back in the Bundesliga. I personally think that the Revere Derby is a great thing for the league. It's a great yeah. advertisement for the Bundesliga because um, not everyone just I mean, yeah, there's their classic or right, but like I mean, something that's not Bayern for once because that's where a lot of the criticism comes from the outside as well. Is that just Bayern wins everything? So anyway, um, I, almost, enjoyed almost everything. Fix, I enjoyed having everything. I enjoyed having the fixture back. I was happy to just. I was happy to just be involved, right? I was just happy to be there. Um, yeah. So yeah, a window loss on the road against Dortmund when they're, you know, a, probably a much more talented team relative to us than they have been the last couple times we faced them. I'll take that, you know, all things considered. We we have to be realistic with where we are at the moment. Yeah. Um, I don't want to have like a loser's mentality, but like you know, when you're playing some of the better teams in the league, it's going to be tough. And I think if you can get through a Revere Derby and just not be embarrassed, um, and certainly from the scoreline at least we weren't. Yeah. I think you know you'll take that for the time being.
1: Yeah, the Union Berlin scoreline was much more embarrassing than the one nothing to Dortmund. But, I mean, obviously losing to Dortmund any time is embarrassing in itself. But, yeah, it could have been a lot worse. And so you, you take the small victory in that we didn't get our asses whooped. And we looked actually fairly – we fought, which is what we wanted to see, right? We said if we weren't going to win the game or draw, we need to show some kind of fight. And though it wasn't pretty at times, the team fought, I think, for the most part. Um, statistics won't show that. But you can see it. the scoreline was tight. It didn't make it easy for them. Um, obviously, Marco Royce injured injured himself, rolling his ankle, and he might be up for the World Cup now again. just We we talked about this. this we feel for the guy because he always gets injured. But um, notwithstanding, they still have plenty of talent on their team, and we were able to withhold the barrage for 90 minutes. Um, so small moral victory, I guess. The team fought. Um not much to talk about in this in this game, really. But let, you know, we talk about the lineups real quick. We went the exact same lineup from the win against Bochum. Um, Thoughts about that? Because we had some conversations about it before the match.
0: Yeah, I mean, so the main thing is just Bruner unavailable again, right, from injury. So that's why you're seeing Matriciani uh, back-to-back weeks. Uh, the fact that we haven't seen Iden yet, um, I, I'm not surprised that we didn't see him then get thrown in for the Revere Derby away from home. We talked about that on the last week's podcast. I think that would have been an unlikely selection uh for his first appearance of the season um i mean vandenberg i mean unless you know unless kaminsky gets healthy and then like suddenly he's the starter again like i think vandenberg probably does figure to be heavily involved for the rest of the season so not surprised to see that center back pairing um you know Oeyan not starting yet we've had more out there as well so i mean you know i'm sure early kind of still getting back to health to some extent yep. um unless more is actually taking that job but i can't imagine that uh Krauss, I mean, there's no way he's not starting anyway, based on how he's been playing. But then also the fact that he is a Schalke supporter, like he's get this is like obviously a fixture that he's going to want to be a part of and He's going to be fired up for, so you have to have him on the pitch. And then, um, for me, the only question mark really is just surprised to see Larson again because now it seems all this. It's one thing to like you know to get a look at him, give him a start as opposed to just getting these 15-minute cameos where we can't really maybe judge him as much. Um, but now we've just kind of been rolling him out there consistently, and, and I find that a little bit suspect. Um, I, I think I think if you look at the cameo that Zalazar ultimately did have in this game, suddenly the final 10 minutes of that game were a little bit different in terms of where some of the possession was taking place, where some of the chances were coming. I think both um, of our
1: corners came in the last 10 minutes too.
0: I mean, how many fouls did he draw? Yeah. And, like, he drew like multiple yellow cards and probably four or five fouls. I mean, I, I could be, it might not be five or something. Like they could be like, maybe it was like two or three, but like, I think he drew at least two yellow cards and probably more than two fouls in that time. Um, I mean, you talk about a game where, uh, you know, one team is sort of dominating possession and we're struggling to string passes together. If you can't complete passes, it's nice to have somebody that can carry the ball and progress it, you know, that way. And then, you know, sometimes draw a foul, you know, stop play, allow people to get into the box and play, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's value to having a player like that. So I, I I don't know. I, I do not think that Jordan Larson has done anything at all in any of his appearances that would merit him starting over Salazar. And he's doing that consistently at the moment, which is kind of strange. So interested to see what happens after the international break, as opposed, you know, as far as like Salazar back in the starting lineup. Now that we've given him a little bit of window, Salazar is of course going to be, I think, away, right? On international duty with uh, Uruguay, is it? So, yes. yes. Yeah. So it's like, he's going to be resting over that. I don't know. I find it strange. What are your thoughts on it at the moment?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm infuriated. I mean, <sighs> We knew it was going to be difficult the whole the whole game plan, right? But the whole like we I think we talked about the Bolka match. The substitutions were were well. They 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 worked out perfectly, perfectly timed. You brought in the twin towers, running a Karaman late. It worked out. This week I think was the complete opposite of that because like the first couple substitutions were Poulter and Karaman for Larson and Tarota. and you're like, okay, I get that. Uh Crawl came on for Kraus, which is a head scratcher. Um they Came out for Bolter, I thought. Bolter, Bolter, yeah, which is even worse. It's a zero zero game and we have a chance at getting some kind of result and we bring on a defensive guy for an offensive player. I'm like, whoa, whoa what are we doing? And then we wait until the eightieth freaking minute to bring on Salads, our arguably one of our best players, and he does really well in the last ten minutes. It gets you know, it gets the team going, but twenty minutes too late. 20 yeah. Minutes
0: too late. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I mean, like I was talking about whether he should have been starting. If he is going to be yeah. a substitute, you would you would expect him to at least get <laughs> yeah. you know the thirty minute cameo, right? Exactly. As you're saying, like coming around the 60th minute, the fact that we only had that 10 minutes from at the end, um, you have to question what's going on there because, and w- once again, like he comes on the pitch and immediately injects life into us. Is is winning free kicks, is advancing the ball, is is causing problems and opening things up for his teammates. Because people are having to collapse on him, and and there's a lot of attention being paid to him, um, and there's there's utility in that. So, um, yeah,
1: and, strange. And he should have really started over Larson. I mean, like you were saying, I think we saw a couple of starts for Larson, and if he couldn't really do anything against Bochum, I mean, what are you going to expect him to do against against Dortmund? Now, we talked on the live stream about how maybe the only idea was that his pace was going to help change things up, and we saw early on. A couple of opportunities where Chaka tried to counter, and Larson it, it seemed to work, but he did really nothing in the match. Again and again, we waited way too long. The substitutions, Lars or not Larson, Salazar came out way too late, and we look petulant almost.
0: Yeah, um, it wasn't good. I mean, like, listen, I I think in in games like this, sometimes I, I'm I'm curious as to uh, how much of the way the game goes is just the disparity in quality between the two teams and how much of that is expectation set by the manager ahead of time. Right. It certainly seemed as though um the players were mentally prepared to have very little of the ball and have to be chasing it because they did seem, seem to be, you know, very willing runners. Um and they did put in a lot of work, you know, I think defensively off the ball. Um but, you know, at the same time it's like we, we were we were very narrow, very compact. We were essentially giving them whatever they wanted down the channels and everything it's actually a little bit surprising they didn't have like more crosses i think than they did surprising that like you know like uh anthony modest wasn't more of a target in the first half he was so uninvolved um you know given how many opportunities we were giving them to actually just advance the ball in the final third down those wing channels you think there would have been maybe more danger created from wide areas but um yeah i mean we were basically exclusively looking for counter opportunities in this match could not string passes together. Weren't trying to, you know, to be brave. We were sitting pretty deep, you know, not a high line of confrontation for the most part. Um, So yeah, kind of uh kind of negative football from us, to be honest.
1: I mean, and it's one thing if you're going to play counter-attacking football, your passing has to be on point. 63% passing is pathetic. I mean, even up against
0: yeah, both of them,
1: Welcome. We got low 70%. I mean, you can't even get string passes together against Bocom. I mean, something's not working here.
0: Um, Part of the problem, in my opinion, is, is the depth of target on, on some of these passes. I mean, like, so like, for example, you look at like, you know, Shvalov's passing stats from this game, he had a hundred percent pass completion on his passes under 30 yards. And he had like less than 50% pass completion on any of his passes over, over 30 yards. And that was a high for him this season. That was a high for him this season. Yeah, it may have been. And And I think he had like close to 30 of those attempts. So think about it, the number of times you're just giving the ball away, you know, throughout the match, yeah. Um. you know, Florian Flick likewise, not amazing passing in this game did. But once again, his short and medium range passes, decent numbers, his long range pass is terrible and suddenly is dropping into horrible percentages. And for whatever reason in this game, so many of our pass attempts were these long, low percentage opportunities that we didn't even need to take some of the no. time because <laughs> there were like shorter options available to progress the ball that wouldn't have entirely like killed the momentum of a move or a transition moment. Um, and I, so once again, I don't, I don't know if that was Cromer just being like, get the ball up and get it away from our goal. If, you know, if we lose possession because we're trying like home run balls, then so be it, at least it's not like in our defensive third, as opposed to maybe trying to do more intricate things in the final third that can lead to, you know, a turnover at the edge of the box or something like that. So maybe that's part of the calculus. I'm not entirely sure, but it definitely seemed like there was, you know, a, a level of, of a frequency of these that was just unnecessary. And, and we were just shooting ourselves in the foot and we've talked about this theme kind of generally a lot recently it's not the first time we've seen it It just happen to a a larger extent in this game
1: yeah and i think the one small bright spot outside the how close the scoreline was is that i thought modessa was someone who could have really troubled us and we seemed to pocket him between vandenberg and yoshida um maybe it's partly his whole family's a shalco fans or or we did this really good defensive effort Uh, he came out when he when his, his the guy who came on for him almost injected life into them. I think they, instead of the crosses that you were talking about, we thought we were going to see Malin and Brent uh, Brent and Gio Reyna and some of the other guys, they saw how easily they are able to access the wings, especially Matriciani's side, and they kept taking advantage of that. And so instead of going for the cross, I'm going to take you one-on-one, trying to get into the box and get a, a shorter passing opportunity. So maybe yeah, that's Yeah, the center of the box. Right, I kind of, right. Yeah. Um, and I thought early on, Matriciani, Vandenberg, and the team did well to read the speed, but eventually it warmed down, and Matriciani consistently got beat. Svandenberg got beat. I mean, the whole team uh, kept getting beat by the pace. And granted, their whole team is fast. I get it.
0: Yeah, I mean, but- listen. The, the good news was we had so many people in the box, and we were so once again like condensed and kind of negative that even when they did beat us off the shoulder, a lot of those cutbacks to the center were cleared away, or you know, hit traffic. or there weren't a lot of clean opportunities for them. I don't, I don't actually feel like Dortmund had that many good looks in this match. Despite having the clear edge in in you know shots yeah. and all those kinds of things, I don't I don't recall there being that many like you know gilded chances for them. But um, there were certainly like no chances for us. What to speak? I mean, did we have do we have a shot in the first half? No, I don't think we, we had did. three all I mean, game three all. Yeah, games. I mean, yeah, that was all post Salazar. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> I mean these games aren't always attractive football to watch aesthetically. That's the nature of these derbies. But like pretty pretty. <laughs> pretty non-existent football from Shalka in this game overall pretty pretty sad
1: for a while it looked like we we're going to have our 12th 0-0 game in the derby which is the most in any derby um but of course the you know the, the little guy that's so that that's what fears me too right makoku who's a good player really good player he's one of the smallest guys on the pitch left alone for a header yoshida completely misreads that play and makoku gets a goal um and it was a warning sign it wasn't the first time they had done a couple of times to yoshida and every time he misread it. Uh, we just got lucky in those other ones. Um, and you talked about... Um, is he really, is he really that well. on...
0: Yeah, sorry. Go
1: ahead. I was just saying, Sholov made a couple a, a couple huge saves in the game. One yeah. of them a point blank. Where I mean, it, he was fantastic, but Yoshida was struggling in the game.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, funny enough, um, I think arguably two of our best players on the day actually would have been, in my opinion, I think Vandenberg actually played pretty well overall. Yeah. Um, and so, so I would say like Vandenberg and, and Sholoff, which which like... <laughs> those would be players that haven't done well the last couple of weeks once again Vandenberg's still getting acclimated we would be talked about you know two weeks some, ago some, they were
1: the worst players right so.
0: exactly that's what i mean yeah but yeah i mean i think Schwab did have one weird aerial moment again but they called a foul on it
1: yes so i'll, yes. I'll
0: give him the benefit of the doubt and say yeah. that you know the weird moment was because he was actually fouled but still we get concerned when you see him not being strong in the air but yeah that i know the save that you're talking about the one uh the head of the opportunity kind yes. of back across goal yes um very easily could have been, arguably should have been, except for you know, a great extension. So, I have to give him credit where credit's due on that one for sure. Jude
1: Bellingham was at the header on that. Him and Jay G- okay. Gioreno were there, and Bellingham got it. Uh, but yeah, um, one nothing. We lost it's a loss at a derby, uh, and it's never good. Uh, I guess the only good news for the weekend is that Bayer lost again, or they lost to Augsburg, who by the way is our next opponent. Um, the fighting yeah. cavalry
0: is taking down Bayern Munich. You love to see it,
1: yeah, yeah big game player I didn't I didn't watch
0: the game I don't know how no. how you know how good they were I know that they've been struggling offensively this season yeah. Um. so the one the nil sounds about what they were probably capable of against Byron um, you know as much as I gotta say as much as we love Derek Ray of course uh, I did feel like he was setting us up for the way we, we can see it ultimately because he kept shouting out you know the experience and the intelligence of Yoshida and of course the guy who gets beat and it's not because of lack of pace because of his age, it's because of he gets caught ball watching and it's, it was a mental error, you know, more than a physical one. And it's of course, Yoshida. So you knew that was coming. And of course, you know, not scored by a former player, but you know, Marius Wolf, you know, with the, uh, with, with the ball in. Um, And then of course, Gio Reyna with the initial diagonal uh, to get it into space and that space available all day, because once again, how narrow we were in, in giving them, um those flanking opportunities so surprised they didn't utilize that to greater effect but uh you know well taken goal and yeah Makuka's really good um yeah. I, I have him in a uh, fifa manager mode <laughs> i have to admit uh bought bought that be player there but uh yeah he's 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 i, I like them he's uh, he he definitely added something in the game for them yes. for sure when when they, when he came on so
1: yeah he did a lot more in his short cameo than modesta did all game long um it obviously showed that his pace his uh definitely disrupted the defense. He often dropped deep and then cut into the middle. Malamodesto is very stagnant in the game. And speaking of stagnant, our striker, again, uh, not very active in this one. Obviously, he wasn't getting any help, so that's it's hard to really judge him on this one. But Bolter kept quiet for the most part. You know, one of the guys we thought would have been stepping up. He was in fights a lot, it seemed like. Uh, but Bolter really didn't do much. Um, Moore had an okay game. It wasn't like i think I, mean, I agree with you that vandenberg and Scholoff are probably two of our best players on the day um i mean all the guys on the outfield were giving away passes
0: yeah for sure i mean i guess my one of our questions is i mean didn't we start off the game wasn't bolter on the right and Larson was on the left and yeah the, and and they I switched it up yeah i they, don't know how important that is but like if you're if you've been playing them on the opposite sides of the field consistently you have, you should have a good reason for switching that up it felt like. And so that was just kind of weird off the bat, too. So Bolter kind of not where he typically is on so, the opposite shoulder. You know, I don't know.
1: But, I thought um, I maybe it was one of the first few games of the season where Bolter was on the left, Drexler was on the right. And in the game, they would switch constantly. They would constantly flipping sides. And I thought maybe that's what they're trying to do or something, trying to throw off the defense, but didn't work, whatever they were doing. Uh, we know Bolter can play on the right. He can play pretty much anywhere. Uh, but Larson hadn't played there all season long yet, hasn't got any opportunities there. So that was kind of weird for me, um, though. The breakaway he nearly had, though he was off sides, came from the left side. But yeah.
0: Yeah, anyway. Um, it, 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 yeah, I don't I don't think there's there was any standout performances from anybody. But um, what, I, what I will say is, I mean, apart from you know the guys we already mentioned, uh, I will say that I thought that flick flick was decent once again um, against the ball. Uh, I thought positionally he was in the right place at the right time a lot of times not that he had like you know the best success in terms of any of his like pressing actions or that he had like that many tackles, but had a few interceptions that I thought was just you know at least um organized and very well organized and was helping clog things up um Grouse you know likewise you know was very intense had a couple moments where he was rallying up you know the the away support. Um, and everything, and I, I still continue to like that that central midfield pairing a lot. I just think yeah. uh, flick in this game fell victim to what a lot of other players did, which is attempting these long balls unnecessarily. Uh, and yeah, Tirada. Um, I actually kind of qua- here's a question for you. I was thinking about this actually yesterday a little bit. Um, I know it's the Revere Derby. He is your premier striker. We're trying to give him every opportunity possible, and and you probably do believe that he is, you know, the best. Um, the best option. chance that you have of scoring goals, you know, more often than not. But like in a game like this, where where you can anticipate probably that you're going to spend most of the time chasing shadows and not having the ball and not being in a position where you're going to be able to receive service from wide areas that consistently like that kind of a thing. Would you potentially not be better served putting somebody more mobile in that position who can get deeper, you know, do a little bit more defensive work and try to win the back, you know, the ball back. So, also. But, I mean, but I'm saying, but but then yeah, also yeah, be more effective in transition moments because of pace as well. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I know it's hard to just kind of bench Torada for your biggest game, but I don't, I just think given where the di- like that once again the disparity in in talent is between these teams this season, um, I was just wondering if you if you would have considered putting somebody else up there. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, what you could have done is maybe put Larson up top, uh, and then brought in Salazar with Bulter and Drexler. Right. You got a little bit of pace there because, I mean, who else are you going to bring go. Polter slow, Kermann slow? Um, Lots is not really an option at that point. So that's what I would do. And then if it's working and you get tired out, then you can bring in the big boys. Right. But uh, yeah, they're really all the same type of striker for the most part outside of Bolter and, and Larson, honestly, up top. So it's difficult.
0: Yeah. And I know I'm Monday morning quarterbacking with that, but I just. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's one of those things that seems kind of predictable. And I don't know how you've been, I'm not saying that, like, I would generally want Larson on the pitch over Torada. I wouldn't. I, don't, I haven't been impressed with Larson, but I just no. think, once again, given what the needs of this game, probably what we're going to be and what the game flow is going to be like, it may have made sense to go in a kind of a different direction from a profile standpoint at that position.
1: Yeah. Um, in the chat, Med Hunter is saying that uh, everyone in Germany is freaking out because of Kramer substitutions. So yeah, so are we. Uh, a lot of unnecessary long balls. Eric, I agree with that. Edwin says, uh, almost like Yoshida relaxed when Modesta went out. Yeah, he's uh, I saw a little guy. He's like, oh, yeah. No worries. That was a big worry. And then uh, Ben Hunter says, Flick and Kraus were good. Drexler Matriciani, not so much. Shaka Canada in the house says, I think it may be time to just bring in Torota as a sub now that the big game is over. Oh, yep, we were just kind of talking about that. Let's see how it, how it would work against Augsburg maybe, you know. um, I would like to see perhaps Larson or Bultor up front more. Yeah, exactly what we were just saying too. So Let's just see how it works. Just see how it works. You don't have to bench him for the whole game, but bring him on late maybe, you know.
0: And like the thing with Larson as well is like I haven't been that that impressed with his um, his distribution either because he seems a little bit inconsistent in those moments too. So I kind of almost would rather see him on the end of chances rather yeah. than in more of those build up roles because I think he you know he loses possession a lot. So I don't know. Um,
1: Didn't he have a chance early in the game in front of the somewhat in front of the goal? And he dismissed it Why completely. One of the non shots we had. Maybe I'm not, maybe not. sure. I don't it remember last game. I don't know. So I'll blur almost, almost
0: drew a penalty. There were a free kick at the edge of the box on the one that he was offside for. So, yes. mean, you know, n- nice effort. We just got to stay inside. obviously. It'll yeah. touch the Berks dollars. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> has as many goals as Berks had for us. Uh, That's also true. Uh, yeah. So how many of you had the top four as this? Uh, number four, Hoffenheim. Number three, Freiburg. Number two, Dortmund. Number one, Union Berlin. Not many people.
0: This is the season we needed to silence the critics. Got You know, Union Berlin's got to keep it going for us.
1: Yeah. All those Well, three of the four teams got to keep it going.
0: And here's the interesting thing, by the way, Dortmund who we have second place right in the table. And what are we at? 14th? Yeah. They've scored one more goal than we have this season.
1: How, How crazy is that?
0: Yeah. We just have twice as many goals conceded, but like with all the talent that they have and you know, like all the possession they have in that game, like haven't had the end product for whatever reason this year. Um, so that's I, I just found that interesting, and maybe that's partially because you know, Modessa isn't you know producing at the level he they thought he was going to, or we're hoping he was going to be the focal point. I know you're going from Holland to yeah. you know a new player, but still,
1: yeah, it's well, if you take out the Union Berlin game, which is five goals extra, you're looking at two goal difference between Dortmund and Schalke in terms of goals allowed and then goals for, like you said, two more goals, one more goal, one goal. So yeah, it's crazy. I mean, we're not that far season, off. Yeah. It's a very weird season. Statistics, XGs. We saw the one game we had the crazy XGs and we had like no goals or whatever it was. It's been very crazy. Though so, by the way, this game, the XG, I think we had zero or zero point zero,
0: it was like point yeah, like one <laughs> XG, which was like totally fair. I mean that's the thing. Yes, so we're saying, yes. like, it wasn't there was nothing in this game. I, I don't think we had a shot in the first half. Only three ultimately, none of them on so t- I mean, just no offense. Whatsoever, and, and it's because we couldn't even launch into these transition moments. We couldn't string together passes. And so often we were bypassing, once again, those short and medium range options in favor of these sort of hopeful, you know, home run, you know, catch them out, the kind of things that we, forever we we, got, we just weren't executing those either. But like, it's, I mean, it's one thing if you're under pressure and you're attempting balls that are a little bit difficult, but there's some of those who actually were open and we just missed people. Yeah. Um, Strange. Maybe that's because they're, you know, a little bit more uh, fatigue because you're chasing people around. So that kind of affects, you know, the accuracy of your passing because everything
1: you're doing is just a little bit sloppier as a result. Yeah. I don't know.
0: But yeah, uh, that's definitely been a trend and we need to uh, we need to work on that. The pass completion.
1: Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, if we can at least get that upper 80s or mid eighties, you know, we'll be okay in these situations where we do have the counter. Right? Like you know, if we when we play when we play Bayern, we need to have the packing accuracy on point because otherwise you look like we did against Dortmund and look like you could do nothing of, offensively. Um next few games coming up. We obviously got a oh I don't know obviously I don't know if people know this, but we have a friendly on the 22nd uh on Thursday actually against uh, Gurushlaw um at their home and then so next Bundesliga game Sunday October 2nd we have an international break for those who don't know. Uh, home against Augsburg, then we go to Leverkusen Uh, the week after Hoffenheim at home, and then we go to Hoffenheim, the DFB bocal and then Hertha Berlin. Um, a lot of those games, well, I I will at least say the Augsburg game and definitely Hertha, maybe Leverkusen considering their form or games that we have to win at this point. I mean, I know Schroeder's probably, yeah, maybe not
0: Leverkusen because of the squad, but form at the moment, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Um, I know Schroeder was saying before this game, the comments before the game was interesting, right? Tersich kind of chirping before the game. They won, so whatever. But Schroeder was saying like, hey, this is a better team. You know, we just want to look competitive. And I th- think for the most part we did, you know, scoreline-wise. Uh, the team did fight, which I wanted to see. Um, but still, Cromer has left us longing for a lot, especially as the last game substitutions were terrible. He does hasn't seemed to hit the nail on the head every for for a whole ninety minutes yet. How much longer is he going to have to prove it? He has to get a win here against Augsburg, right?
0: I mean, I'm I'm not ready to say it's a must-win game for his for his future. I mean, like we did finally get the win that we needed against Buckham, and then we, um, you know, didn't at least lose terribly, right, against Dortmund. Yeah. So I think I think yeah. like honestly, like in terms of just the results from the past two games. It's kind of close to what you would have expected or kind of hoped for is like, you know, get the win that you need against the bad team and then at least don't embarrass yourselves in the yep. rivalry. And he did that, um, you know, at, at the helm. So I, I, it's hard for me to be more critical of him at this moment than I would have been, you know, two or three weeks ago. Um, but certainly, uh, you know, what is it? One win in our first, what, seven games now? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's what it's been. So we need to pick up a couple more of those. And if suddenly, you know, we get past that dfp Pocal match, you know um without having picked up a win in the bundesliga yeah i think the hot seat's going to be back on for him uh particularly if we can't get things going on the offensive end
1: i mean uh, he's, go ahead
0: no he's, we, we have to find a way to get Torada more involved we have to feed him um the surface hasn't been there uh and i don't yeah. know we look once again a little bit bereft of ideas at times i think i think zelzer needs to make a, re- a reappearance into the starting lineup uh just for the yes. dynamism that he can provide yeah. um uh once again i think he opens up the, Things for his teammates and, and creates more space for people like bolter to operate in and when bolter can get into those one-on-ones off the shoulder that does a lot of you know a lot of good for us so um yeah. yeah
1: and overall we're not that bad considering how we feel we're yes we're in 14th place right now but if we beat alexburg and verter loses our next game we're in the top 10. how crazy is that i mean this is the kind of season it is so far so early on anything can happen we've gotten some results. Already we got three draws and a win. So we're not terrible. Right. We got some points. We're not welcome. We're ahead of Wolfsburg. We're ahead of Stuttgart, ahead of Leverkusen, and we're tied with Hertha Berlin and two points behind RB Leipzig in Augsburg. So it's not as bad. It feels bad. It feels a lot worse than what we are. Uh, And if we can get some results, like you said, some strings, some points together, we're going to be okay. We want to be mid-table or as our our friends at Stuttgart Americana says the top of the, the bottom 3 or bottom 6 right until 12, 12 13 positions so uh we're not too far off of that i guess so
0: yeah yeah I, mean, I mean we're not in the relegation zone at the moment uh, but we're also not terribly far away from that uh <laughs> yeah. not not all of our performances have been terrible but we have had some bad ones and and certainly haven't been you know that convincing overall so um yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's it's tough. I just I, I think I think I'm very much kind of in just like a meh kind of yeah. moment. I'm, I'm not that I'm just not mirroring the team. It's just I I don't know how I feel about Cromer overall. I think I think yep. we're reasonably well organized. So it, once again, this is this is how the, how low yeah. the barometer is for Schalke fans at time is like when you're watching your team play, does it seem like the players know? Like what they're supposed to be doing and what is being asked of them. I think in the Dortmund game, the answer to that question was yes. Yes, I agree. I mean, at le- I least again, at least against the ball defensively. Like there seemed obviously difference was a, a talent, a, you
1: know, not the tactics, necessarily. For sure.
0: And then offensively, we can talk about you know whether or not those long balls were a directive of of Cromer, and then if so, there's some criticism you know potentially there. But um, yeah, so it's tough for me to just be like, oh, I think everything's horrible at the moment. But yeah, the team is maybe not doing quite as well as i would have hoped given where the talent level is but as long as we're not getting relegated i mean once again that was my only goal so i can't yep. be overly critical so
1: i agree uh williams says uh labor will struggle up until they play us and then get a coaching change and get a win it probably that's our luck right oh all right i got not much else to talk about in this game or anything else unless you got any other talking points
0: no, I mean I typically like the Revere Derby podcast would maybe be one of our longer and you know bigger featured one. I just think that was not a particularly good game of football. Um, and once again, despite the dominance that Dorman displayed, I don't think they had that many really amazing chances. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, we clogged things up reasonably well. It was, you know, and we got we got out of there without getting embarrassed. That's what matters. Uh it allows for us to not have too big of like a morale hit or anything. Now we can, you know, kind of regroup over the international break, come back maybe with, you know, some of these injury concerns and maybe Oweon's back in the lineup, right? Maybe Kaminsky's available, people like that, um, you know, uh, and we can go from there against an Augsburg team that hopefully we can at least be competitive with on an offensive level, given what they've done so far this season.
1: Yeah. If uh, Kaminsky come back, if Kaminsky comes back, excuse me, uh, he's got to start over Vandenberg, right, or no?
0: I think it, once again that could be a game thing. Um, yeah. I mean, I think I think overall, I, I have, we haven't really seen him enough in the Bundesliga for far the season for me to have an evaluation of like how he's getting transitioned to this level. Yeah, to the extent that we've seen like you yeah. know, like Bolter, right, in Toronto. so I, I think there's a little bit more of a question mark there. Um, I obviously do like Kaminsky and, and feel like he has a chance, but depending on the game. Um, what the pace needs are, you know, there there could be a role for Vandenberg. Um, And I think he's, I think there's probably going to be a rotation. You're going to, you're going to want to rotate Yoshida out of there at some point. He's, you know what yeah. I mean? To keep him yeah. fresh and keep him. So I think it'll be a committee kind of probably going forward.
1: I will say this too about Vandenberg. He seems to get in the, in the mix offensively as well. We And the two games he's played, three games he's played, um, he's been in the box and the ball's fallen to his feet a couple of times. He's got to figure out how to put the ball in the net. So there's that, there's that. Um we had two giveaways uh before the for the Rivier derby the whole week here, uh hooking up with Shaka on some of these giveaways. So the first giveaway, which is the uh the blue Shaka scarf with the blue shirt, uh it's gonna go to the village footballer Bundesliga podcast. Uh shout out to them. Uh well, that's the winner there. And then for the um uh the other giveaway, the prediction scoreline, uh with the black shirt, black hat, um, it goes to at TWT underscore ABGJ. It's abgj i don't know so <laughs> those are the winners uh congrats to you guys there'll be more win- more giveaways coming up in the near future so maybe not during an international break but uh in, in the next couple of coming games i should say so stay tuned for that thank you for everyone who co- who contributed to that and uh retweeted and followed and all that stuff i would definitely definitely appreciate that med hunter says uh CC scored an amazing goal in the u23s check it out oh okay maybe that's an option does he play defense though right he plays defense I believe.
0: Where's City Sané? I thought everyone keeps talking about him. Where's he, where he at? Let, let's U23s? Go. U-23s? Let, let's see what's going on. No, I'm just
1: kidding. Chalanolu as well, All right? Uh, yeah. But anyway. Uh, I got nothing else unless, uh, yeah. We're going to follow you.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't even think you were transitioning. <laughs> to that. You found me on Twitter at jmang and J-M-M-A-N-G-A-N on Twitter. Seven for seven. And you
1: still did it. You still did it. Did you, yeah. have, did you have anything you else want to chat about? We can.
0: No, like I said, I, just, yeah. I, feel, I feel bad this is going to be a shorter podcast given the fixture, but just not, I don't know, not a good yeah. one. Not it's much to understandable. Talk about. It's not pretty a bad, victory pretty, Monday, so we don't owe anybody anything.
1: <laughs> Correct. Yeah, so. Prayers right. up for
0: Marco Royce. have to say it.
1: Yep. Tough loss for him. Uh, to tough point. for Germany, too, possibly. He might be out of the World Cup. Uh, tore some ligaments, apparently, so feel for him, Mr. Glass. I can say that because I am Mr. Glass as well. I walk and I get injured, so, yeah. Uh, Not sure why Flick was not nominated for the U21s. Yeah, maybe he's going to the senior squad. I don't know about that, but it'd be nice. It would be nice. All right, uh, you can find me at r underscore k-h-a-r-m-a-n. Shout out to everyone in the chat again. uh, Thank you for, guys, listening to us tonight. Uh, If you haven't done so yet, make sure you subscribe to us on uh, YouTube, like our video, and we much appreciate that, though, so... Jack, international break. Enjoy the time off. Hopefully, I'll be busy. I'll be busy. I can imagine. (laughs) I can imagine. All right. Thank you, everyone. See you uh, near Augsburg. Tschüss.